Diablo Cody won't leave me alone. Oh, there she is. Shut up, bitch. All right. Every Wait. week. Every week is the most... I say start, and he starts going on. It just keeps on going. It just keeps on going. He's the most unprofessional you know podcaster ever. I'm sorry that Brad has to do 13 seconds of cutting. Welcome to Real Nerds. I'm Ryan. To my right is... Brad. To his right... Sierra! Shauna! And we'll skip over James, as everybody's already heard him for like 10 minutes. <laughs> James! James is here. Hey, we saw My Week with Marilyn this week, but before we get to our review, we want to say, Brad, what do you want to bring up? What about SOPA? Oh, yes. Oh, man. I'm not going to describe it in detail because I think I'll just mess it up, but I think you should just go to AmericanCensorship.org. I'll mess it up just like that. And uh, read up Wikipedia and find out why the internet is in danger and uh, spread the word once you do find the information for yourself and understand it and uh, help us save the internet. Amen, brother. Net neutrality is a big deal. Absolutely. And it's also Friday the 13th. It is Friday the 13th today. (laughs) So um, make sure you don't kill any vengeful mothers because... Don't go to the woods this weekend. Hey, hey, spoilers. Some people haven't seen that movie. You don't know that his he was mother killed camp counselor when he came back? I don't care. You should care because they're awesome. Real news time. It's real news! So I was reading awesome news for me because I love Spider-Man. And they have a new Spider-Man cartoon coming out called Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, the one that Bendis is writing. Yeah, but the cool thing is, is J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson in no it. No way. And they got um, Agent Colston guy to be in it. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, so they have a bunch of cool people in it, and they're kind of tying it in. And it debuts in April on Disney XD. That really so. is my uh, my biggest regret about the fact that they are actually rebooting Spider-Man, is that we don't get... Uh, uh, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson because he was—he's just so perfectly cast. He is, but he's not. I guess J. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson isn't in the new movie, mm-hmm. so you could hold out in the second one. They'll still cast him in the second one. They could pull it off. It'd they be could, okay because it doesn't matter because he's amazing at it. Oh yes. So that's a cool piece of news, and um, also the Avengers is going to be from Captain America's point of view as the outsider coming in because um, it's a story to tell. Huh, I didn't read that. I read the I, interview with Joss Whedon. It's kind of interesting. I can... I think that's kind of what I expected. I think so, um, too. Because the truth is, the story of Captain America is more than just what we've gotten so far. A lot of who that character is is in his sort of, you know, being in a time that... Uh, oh, Brad, that was from Entertainment in. Weekly. Entertainment <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> Give that credit. All Give right. that credit. Um, so, yeah, I would kind of expect that. Because you need that scene where... He goes back to the girl that he's in love with in the first movie and is like, hey, you're old, I'm young, let's dance. <laughs> well, I think, I'm sure... It's a heartbreaking I, I'm scene. I'm guessing The Avengers it. takes place like immediately after he says, I'm late for a date at the end of Captain America. Yeah. And uh, so I'm guessing it starts there. And they also, there's a huge um, spoiler from the toys that oh. are coming out from it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I won't tell you then. Good. Because I clicked on Avengers News and it was a picture of the toy. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like that, uh, uh, the lizard spoiler. Yeah. Well, wait. What is the nature of the spoiler? Is it like, oh, it's, it's it's an action figure of like some character we figure. don't even know who's that is in the movie? Yeah. Oh fuck! Now I'm really curious. Yep. Does anybody in this room not want to be spoiled? Not other than me. <laughs> All right, that's pretty good silence. Ryan, tell me. It's the Red Skull. 
That's what I figured. Yeah, I mean, that's he, what I figured. Because obviously he got trapped in the cosmic cube. That's who, what I'm, I'm calling the cosmic cube. Who's who was it that was thinking that? I think it was Brad that called I think that. I called one. that. I'm on a streak uh-huh. this week. You, you are. are. <laughs> that's pretty streak. good. Yeah. Though they'll, they'll still never call it the negative zone. No. I said that they will never call it or the, the cosmic zone. cube. <laughs> well, yeah, I can see them saying Cosmic Cube, but never the negative zone. No, what's the name of the cube? What do they call it? Even in the Tesseract. Tesseract. Yeah, that's right. Oh, look at look at Sierra. Way to go, Sierra. Yeah, that was good. Oh man. So, uh, Brad, do you have any news for us besides your prophecy of the Wes Anderson movie? Oh, you oh yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, last week I was like, you know, I really feel like there needs to be a Wes Anderson movie coming out this year. And what? A week later, his trailer comes out for uh, Moonlight. Moonlight Kingdom. Kingdom. I actually forgot it. That's so funny because you don't even Moon hear Rise. him Moon Rise casting Moon or Rise Kingdom, you know, yeah. any shooting schedule. Just kind of yeah. happens. And yeah. I, back at, like after Fantastic Mr. Fox, I read he was working on something that didn't sound anything like this trailer. So uh, maybe he's doing two things at once. And this is just the first thing because it's co-directed with Roman Coppola. So. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. But it's got all, all the traditional uh, Wes Anderson movie actors in it, like Bill Murray yeah. and... It looks really fun. Yeah. It, you know. Is Bill Murray going to be a cranky when he doesn't win an award for this movie? No, <laughs> uh, uh, he, does no, not he, looks, he looks like he's like a drunk stepdad. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of weird. Did you see it, Brett, Ryan? No, I oh, haven't. For the listeners, it's about a 12-year-old boy and girl who... Uh, the boy is at camp and the other girl like lives nearby and they run off together and... Into the woods. In the woods and everyone's looking for him. Yeah. And that sounds kind of lame, but... When you watch the trailer, it's, it makes it more interesting. Than yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some weird stuff. There's, and there's things in the trailer that, as this is always true with Wes Anderson, there are things in the trailer like somebody getting struck by lightning that when I see it, I'm like, there's no way they're going to sell that. And then I'll see the movie and it'll be great. But, uh, and I sold from the first uh, part of the trailer where the boy walks up to the girl and he's like, you in the owl costume. Uh, what does he say? Sorry. Uh, I blanked. Oh, no. Which bird are you? Oh, yeah. Which bird are you? Yeah, and some other girl answers. She's like, "No, I asked which bird are you," and points to the girl he's actually trying to talk to. It's like so adult, but they're kids. Oh yeah, that was good. Yeah, and then um, if uh, people plan to go to Comic Con, you should go to the Comic Con San Diego website relatively soon and pre-register for registration because yeah. they are not. Um, when yeah. you just buy tickets you have to get on a list to buy tickets well yeah you, i figured something like that's going to come along because and it you, just got way too out of control yeah and you can only you'll only be able to buy one ticket per person um uh, unless you have children but as far as adult tickets you can only buy one per person uh, yeah it's weird and i i don't know how this is going to actually help the uh selling out of tickets in the first 12 hours or whatever last year yeah, it's was still gonna crash the site oh yeah <laughs> it's gonna be horrible but um we'll see yeah and we'll do our best to get tickets. Well, how long after they pick your number do you have to buy the ticket? Do you have to buy it immediately? Oh, I don't think they pick your number. Is it, is I think you just have to... Or you just have to register? No, no, no. You just have to be registered so that they have all your information. And then you can go in and just, like... It'll probably be, you know... They'll probably cross-check with the pre-registration. Like, you'll you'll go on like everyone else and try to buy tickets. And then they'll just go down a list and say, like, Oh, well, he already pre-registered, so we'll actually send that ticket to that person and, like, refund the ones that don't process... And I can also see how it would be easier because then instead of you going onto the website and having having to fill out all of your information, it'll be as easy as you go in, you log onto the website, you say buy a ticket, and you give them credit card information, mm-hmm. and then that's less uh, less taxing on the site on the day of actual ticket sales. But um, still, we'll see. We'll, we'll do see. our best. Hopefully, it works. I did get a chance to get one ticket last year, and I was like, "Ooh, I haven't figured out my hotel arrangements yet," and so I released it. Big mistake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
get the ticket and then figure out the situation. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Uh, you got anything else? No. All right. I, well, I just have two more things, pretty much, and they're not too interesting. Um, good news this week, as far as Thor, Thor 2 is concerned, uh, Robert Rodat, who is the screenwriter for um, Saving Private Ryan, has been hired to rewrite that script, which is cool. That makes me excited, because as long as, no matter who the director is, even if it's some, you know, no-talent ass clown from Game of Thrones, <laughs> I still, you know, if it's well-written, it'll, it'll go pretty far. Um, I'm sorry, that show was bad. Uh, <clears throat> just call the director and ask. Him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Do you know what episode I'm he sure directed? The, maybe no. The I don't. Episode maybe he directed is amazing. Maybe he directed that first one. That's not so bad. Um, anyway, the the other big thing is that Warner Brothers has really sort of uh, taken a stance against Netflix, and now Warner Brothers movies will not release on Netflix until 56 days after the DVD release, which is horrible. It's annoying as hell. I mean, it means that you can't, you really can't. It release uh, you can't rent new movies off of Netflix really at all. You're going to end up going to Redbox. Well, I, I don't think it's that shocking because uh, movie studios do not like Netflix at all. Yeah. Well, but but I think it's a fallacy to think that uh, you know not letting people rent the movie is going to make them then go buy the movie. I, like I can't, I can't actually see that happening. I'm just going to wait the 56 days. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm still waiting for Rango to get on there. But you know, it hasn't made well, you're waiting for Redbox. I know it's not a Warner Brothers movie. But I'm just saying the mentality of it. But is it not on to the the disc? Isn't there to rent on Netflix yet, or is it just you're waiting for streaming? Streaming. Oh, right. okay. Oh, this they're, is... they're not doing discs either. No, I'm pretty. Yeah, no, 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 no. I well, if, yeah, if I remember one. correctly, no, it's straight Across up. They the will just they are holding movies from Netflix from 56 days, which they've kind of done that for a while. Um, I mean, Redbox has that same deal where you know new releases don't get to Redbox until like a week later most of the time. Um, but it's a shame, and it makes me sad. Man, movie studios and recording industry are really pissed at the internet. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. They're waging the, a war. Yeah, I well, I just can't see it actually helping anything. Well, I mean, it's just because people, you know, take their property. I mean, it sucks, but if people didn't steal their stuff, then they wouldn't have to worry about, you know, finding ways to protect it. Or eating in their profits through, like... Because back in the day, you know, everyone would have to go out and buy a copy of the movie or... Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I mean, what, how much money could you possibly make off, off someone streaming it online? They, I mean, how much money does Netflix pay to have that movie on there? I, I don't even know. A lot, apparently. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it's a deal. lot. What was it? I don't know, but you yeah, know what I mean? Like, it I, it, It's probably less money than they'd make if you know a million people went out and bought the disc, would be my guess. I don't know. Well, what's the thing that Gabe Newell said about piracy? It's not a pricing problem, it's a, it's a service problem. It just who's Gabe Newell? Oh, Gabe Newell is uh, he's the guy created he's the guy who created Valve, um, and he created Steam. Which Steam is like it's the way you buy video games on the PC now, uh, and people talk to talk about it as far as fighting piracy quite a bit. But when you talk to Gabe Newell about it, Gabe Newell has no problem with piracy because he doesn't see piracy as being a result of people not wanting to pay. He sees piracy as being a problem of people not being able to get content that they want the way they want it, uh, which I would agree with, because the only time I ever pirate is because I can't get the stuff I want the way I want it. So you would pay to watch a TV show? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you can go on iTunes yeah, the next day. The next day? Yeah. So you have to watch it immediately? 
You can turn on a TV and watch it. I'm just saying. So you're cutting into the profits of what everybody's making. So you're part of the profit. Hold on, hold on. I'm not cutting it because most of the shows that I end up torrenting, I also own on DVD. I end up buying them eventually. It's just that I can't. Uh, James is speaking hypothetically. He doesn't torrent anything. <laughs> our, our real nerds <laughs> listeners. <laughs> anyway, I just, since it came out. My name is Brad and I buy the DVDs, so please don't hurt me. Yeah, I, me hey, too. I have, I have never torrented a movie that I could actually get my hands on. The only torrent I've, movie I've ever torrented was Tron, the original Tron, because you could not find it anywhere. That's true. Could not find it anywhere. Or you could wait. I waited like until Legacy came and... out and I got both, so. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. I wanted to see Tron before Legacy came out. I had never seen Tron, so mm-hmm. that's why it happened. But I've never torrented a movie. Uh, I torrent TV shows. So right there, though, you cut into Disney's plan. They purposely don't no. release movies, so you have <laughs> to right. wait to yeah. buy them. They were purposely holding that movie for me not to see, uh, no, so that I would how go Disney see Legacy. A demand you for Tron on no, 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 no. That's like not $100. no. They didn't release Tron on DVD because they are ashamed of that movie. They thought they <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not kidding. This is it's really clear. Like the, the the fact that now when you buy it, it says the classic on it. Is it's because. They really think that that movie is shit, and they don't expect anyone to buy it. It is no, it is, <laughs> but but it's historically significant. The Black Cauldron shit too, but you know, <laughs> <to put that laughs> out. anyway. You know they've released yeah. a special edition of that, but not the Rescuers. I know. Have, have oh no way! Have I ever told people that I think Tim Burton's really overrated? Yes, you have. Yeah, yeah. Good. yeah I think I've heard that once or twice. Good. Well, anyway. James, you're a bit of an anomaly because I know a lot of people who feel that uh, they just deserve to have free movies and stuff. So. That's where no, I think they're really and, fighting their battle. Because I understand, like getting like British stuff and Japanese stuff. Adam and I, we had to go to a special DVD oh, yeah. store in Boulder all the time. And luckily, Battle Royale's coming out to America. Yeah, that was one piece of news that I skipped yeah. over. Yeah, Battle um, Royale's. But there's also a huge segment because I've never gotten this chance to see it actually. Yeah, but there's also a huge segment of people who just like. No, like, you're right. They put out shitty movies, and you know we pay for them in the theaters, and we get ripped off, and we should have it for free at home. And you're right, but those people aren't going to pay otherwise. Right, but those that's people the, like I know I'm friends with some of those people. Those people are not going to if if suddenly torrenting is not an option and there's no way to pirate online, they're just not going to see those movies. Period. Um, so it's so not it's a no it's loss not, for the studio. Anyways. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not money they're not getting. That's just somebody who's getting something they're not paying for. And I like it's still not right. I'm just saying, as far as punishing people who want to rent your movie, who want to get things legitimately, is not the right way to fight piracy. Right. But you know what? It doesn't affect the actors, okay, guys? It affects the stunt guy who... <laughs> do you remember those commercials? No, yeah, no, I do. I do. <laughs> and if I could torrent a car, I would. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't steal a car, would you? <laughs> uh, all right, well, that's news. That's news, sweet. Time to go into what you've been watching. We need to get Joe to do an actual thing for that. We should. Um, yeah, next time we're running, I'm running into something. Think oh. of something clever to say. <laughs> what? Sorry, I forgot the other segment we were going to introduce today. Oh, yeah. what? We we're going to do box office performance. Here, you bring it up. Go to Box oh. Office Mojo and read right. off the top five for, I guess, box this week. Box Office so, Mojo. Um, a new segment we're going to be doing is Box Office Performance for the Week. I just created the song for it. That's right. And we'll make fun of people who went and saw The Devil Inside. All right. So for the past week, we're just looking at the week. Where is the actual weekly growth? Yeah. So uh, you just want the top five? Yeah. So All the right. number one we already know is Devil Inside. But how much did it make? Being Thirty-eight million dollars. Thirty-eight point three million dollars so in the first pretty, week. Yeah, that's pretty. Average. That's pretty dang. But it cost yeah. a million dollars to make, so they're yeah, already way they're already in the black. Oh yeah. No, for for January, that's pretty good. Devil Inside two on the way. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Number two. 
Uh, number two is still Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol at $25.5 million. Not shocking, because it's awesome. Uh, which was number one the week before. Um, number three is Sherlock Holmes' The Game of Shadows at 18.2. A lot of people wrote that movie off early because it didn't gross as much as the first one in the opening weekend, but it's had really long staying power. Oh, yeah, power. yeah, it has. Well, I, I think it's sort of that movie that was on everybody's number two list, right, you know, because there's so many movies released. Yeah. But, like, everybody needed to go see Ghost Protocol, and then once people had seen that, it was like, oh, okay, well, now we can go or see Or it's kind of like films. they flip-flopped. All the people went and saw Sherlock. Yeah, then, sure. Because they kind well, of but been... Ghost Protocol is still making lots of money, yeah, as well awesome. it should. Number four, Girl with Dragon Tattoo, 15.6. And number five is War Horse at uh, almost 12, 11.9. That's still pretty good. Yeah. I think in the oh, yeah, because they're doing like six and nine, so. Yeah, they're kind of hanging around. Hanging. The Darkest Hour is way down at ten, that that poor movie. It must be shit. It is. I, I was reading um, <laughs> it is. Rotten Tomatoes, you know, they obviously get a bunch of reviews together. And I guess The Devil Inside uh, has the worst ending of any movie of all time. And uh, they were saying in one of the reviews that the movie itself is maybe an hour and seven minutes long and the Whoa. credits are over 20 minutes long. The what? credits? Yeah. How? I've... Well, I guess there's Like, maybe the effects. opening credits? No, like the end credits. Like, it... The movie's ends and it's, it's just... kind of animators and... Credits stuff going and... In it. Animators? And the devil inside? What? Oh, I thought you talked about the darkest hour. No. Oh, oh. no, no, no. <laughs> the devil inside. Oh, I don't know. Wait, what's the ending of the movie? I have no idea, but I know it doesn't explain anything. And there's a like a fan reviewer on Rotten Tomatoes, and he just had in big um, capital letters the shittiest ending of all time, and that was his review. <laughs> oh man! That's and bad. on uh, Cinema Cinema Score, it got an F. Wow! So of all the people that they basically go to. Um, people don't know they go to select theaters and they say hey rate this movie right and 39 percent of the people gave it an f and the the highest uh go ahead there was a news story actually about how it was like one of the worst endings of all time and they had video and recording of the entire audience booing at Mm -hmm. the end of the movie in multiple theaters oh yeah i heard people are booing and stuff in it (sighs) ah Well, they should go, we should go see that. Made thirty six million. Uh, it's about like an exorcism, but it's a it's like a found footage shot. So it's shot like Cloverfield or Blair Witch. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Like Cloverfield? Come on. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not shot shot like if I took a camera and like talk to me about a devil and I'll move the camera. Like it's not shot by a good thoughtful director like Cloverfield. (laughs) It's just shot by a dude with a camera. Um, well, we're looking at these lists, though. Uh, my week, my week with Maryland. This is its seventh week in release, and it made one point two in the last week, which is up to ten in total, which isn't great, but pretty good for a little Weinstein movie. Mm-hmm. So, hey, guess what, guys? What have we been watching this week? Mm. Um, I watched shitloads. Uh, because every time I get off work, Laura, my wife, has been going to bed because she's been in school. So I have nothing to do, so I'm like, oh, she's not going to bother me. I'll watch whatever I want. And uh, so I watched Moneyball again, and that movie is fantastic. Oh, yeah, um, it is. I saw it too. Yeah, it's really cool. And then I I watched all the special features on it too. I did too. And, nice. And you found <laughs> out the Jonah Hill's character isn't the name of the actual guy who helped him because the guy who helped Billy Bean didn't want him to be associated with the movie at all. Right. So they changed his name in the movie, and they kind of took a lot of creative license in um, the behind the scenes stuff, but the overall movie—I mean, the story is the same. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool, and the movie—I mean, yeah, yeah, that movie is great. The movie really it's, is. It is. 
it's really close number two now. Like, <laughs> you know, watching it again, I was just well, like, oh, when you man, watch how it did again, I not make get, this my number one? When I watched it again, I got really sucked into it again. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just really cool. And everybody should see Moneyball because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also saw um, the original Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. I don't know. I, I was telling you guys earlier, he's become my favorite actor because he's so amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which <laughs> is another fantastic movie. Um, I watched Doctor Strange Love, which if nobody's seen it, I, I didn't. I didn't, wasn't so sure about it. Um, but on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a hundred percent critic reviews. And for Christmas, I got a gift card. So and it was only fourteen bucks on Blu-ray, and it's a really cool Blu-ray. It's like a book. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll get it. And I watched it. It was actually really funny. I didn't think it was a. I knew it was a comedy, but it's one of those comedies where you're like, oh, it's old. I don't know if I'm gonna get if it. It'll hold up, yeah. But uh, George C. Scott is fucking amazing in it. He uh, plays this general, and and the whole point of the movie is is uh, this general uh, or yeah, some general guy at a base in America has a specific um, order if to if the Russians threaten the United States with an atomic war. And so he sends this message out to all the planes that are flying within 24 hours of Russia so they can drop atomic bombs on Russia too. But it's a fake because he just wants to start a war uh, with the Russians. And then it turns out that the Russians have a doomsday bomb that if they get bombed, then this weapon's going to go off and it's going to obliterate the Earth. So it's basically a Cold War standoff. Yeah. And uh, there's just some really funny moments where George C. Scott's making fun of Russian people and he gets all up in arms and he like backs up really fast and he falls over and rolls down and then pops right back up and starts yelling again. And it's just really zany. And uh, Peter Sellers as Dr. Strangelove is fucking fantastic. Uh, I forget his name, but he changed his name because he's German and, you know, obviously World War II. But his name literally means Strangelove in German. But they made, they like, what's Dr. Strangelove? But he's German. He's like, yeah, his real name is and it's Strangelove in German. So it's pretty funny. You'd, ha- you'd have to watch it. It's amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's that movie that I don't like admitting that I haven't seen. Uh, you know what? Um, I'll let you borrow it and you, okay. you should check it out. It's Absolutely. pretty funny. They keep playing with the Esquire for Midnight's and I keep missing it. Like, so you haven't seen it either? I've been trying to go, but. Yeah, it's yeah. a movie I've never seen too, but it's, it's great. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Due Date again with um, Downey Jr. and. He's fantastic in it. It's actually a lot funnier than I remember it being in the theaters. Oh, yeah? Um, just little performance things I liked. And uh, the last thing I got is I started watching Rome, which is an HBO series. And it's basically Spartacus, but it's the the wealthy people of Spartacus. So it's not the gladiators or the right. the doctories from Spartacus. It's Caesar. And it's about his how he gains power in Rome. And it's really well done. It's a very cool. well done show. Yeah, I just is that a thing? Yeah, I, bra- I blaze well, through them. So I might as well, I might as well start off with saying that last week you let me, or no, a couple weeks ago you let me Spartacus Blood and Sand the first season, uh, and I watched all of it this week. Uh, I had a couple days where I was at home and I just burned through it. And that show, man, is that, awesome. Uh, it's something like it's I, awesome. here's the thing. I don't know if I love it or if I think it's crazy stupid. Like, it's, you know, it's trying to be, in all honesty, it's trying to be a com- combination between Rome and, like, 300, mm-hmm. you know, where they want to do the intrigue stuff, and they also want to do, like, this crazy violence, but sort of the stars part of it gets in the way, and so there's way too much sex, and it's just Never. silly. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, 
but it's entertaining, but it's not. It doesn't need to be there. And then the the way that the violence is done is just like the the CG is is too much. And so I have a like it is some of the least interesting violence I've ever seen on TV. In um, all I, I, actually, I think um, the first episode is really highly stylized. And it kind of starts going away from that oh, as yeah. it goes on. I, I would agree, I would agree. Um, and then um, I think the, the gladiatorial film... battles are always like that, though. Oh yeah, like the like at the end. Oh, when he chops off that dude's head, though, it's yeah, like thirty it's still... seconds. He's like, yeah. it's flowing, and it's like thirty seconds, and chicks are cheering, and their tits are flopping. Dude, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all right. I think if I had seen it before, I had seen my my favorite sh- new show of last year was The Borgia on Showtime, which is. It's like Rome, or like the Tudors, um, in that it's sort of this political intrigue and historical drama. Uh, and I, I adore that show. It is so good. And if I had seen Spartacus before that, I probably would like it more. But seeing it the way I saw it, all of the intrigue stuff seems a little amateurish to me. Like, they, they're, they're aspiring for something really cool, and then it never quite gets there. There are a couple things like um, uh, the, the evil blonde woman... Uh, who you see naked a lot? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that uh, scene though. The like... scene, the scene where she makes him spoilers, but she makes him kill his friend. That's awesome. Is great. That that whole storyline and her as a villain is is really good. But it takes them like eight or nine episodes to get there. Uh, and yeah, that's but also my though, before though, I mean, John Hanna's character spoilers um, has his wife murdered so he can fight for him. That's awesome. Yeah, no, no, that was and interesting. But I also have to, amazing. I also have to watch John Hanna spit in his hand, and that's ridiculous and unwanted. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I will probably watch the next season, but I don't think I care enough to watch the prequel. It's amazing. But still, thank you for lending yeah, to don't me. Don't listen to this guy. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I if don't. If I was listening on like the radio, it. I pointed at James and said, "Don't listen to this guy." <laughs> uh, um. I got to, okay. I got to catch up on a couple of the my my movies from the list of shame this week. Uh I went and saw The Artist on Wednesday, which is fantastic. Uh I know you guys both really liked it. It would yeah. definitely have made it onto my top 20. Um it probably would have made it into my top 10 for that matter. Uh it's funny cuz I I saw like a review of it a couple, after I saw the movie and somebody said something about, you know, oh and it's also, you know, it's in black and white and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's in black and white." Because I forget about the fact that it's in, when you've gone so far that it's in, that it's silent. Mm-hmm. I forget that that's that it's even a thing. Yeah. That it's in black and white. You know, um, the dog is fantastic. I, I love wanted, the dog. I wanted to that. go get a dog. Uh, <laughs> I love the dog in that movie. Yeah. That movie is really, really great. I mean, how great is the scene where the dog saves him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, that means two movies this week that I saw that are very much about the history of film and the way that film has changed mm-hmm. and the way that acting changes um, but we'll get to that later uh, I also saw Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy earlier today and the second half of that movie is really good the first half isn't yeah. <laughs> yeah. man that movie like there's a lot of good stuff in that movie and I I can see how it is as a novel was historically important but uh, it just takes a long time to get going, and I'm not sure. Yeah, it's as, a very slow burn of a movie. Yeah, <laughs> and like the character stuff that happens at the end, that is as a result of you spending that time with these characters, is really good. But I don't know that it was actually that it actually needed all of that time. You know, hmm. I don't know that us seeing Gary Oldman alone for that long actually makes that payoff, the payoff with his wife, uh, any that much better. Um, but still, you know, 
I would say people should rent it unless you fall asleep easily, which I almost did. I'm not even kidding. Um, uh, and the last thing is, well, I don't even... Anyway, Hell on Wheels is still really good, and nobody's watching that show. I got renewed for a second season, though. Oh, did it? Yeah. Last I saw, it wasn't it hadn't quite yet, but uh, good because it deserves it. Um, and I would hate to see that show go away. From your window, like looking in, it's creepy. <laughs> like you walked that way and then went back that way. Don't turn around. It's Friday thirteenth. If he has a if he has a hockey mask on, dude, run. Yeah, that's fucked up. Unless it's early '80s Jason, then he'll chase you. The door's locked, right? Well, at least that. Other doors well, the other door. <laughs> There's another door in the way. Stuart, come and stand at the window and growl. Um, but yeah, oh man, Hell on Wheels has been so good. I saw one episode. I was like, meh. <laughs> I think it's it's kind of a slow show. Like, there's not a lot going on, but I think you would need to see the whole season. Um, I like there's... slow westerns. I watched Deadwood. Deadwood was not a slow western. Yeah, it was. No, they said cock in that show a lot. Well, yeah, they dressed it up with swearing, but I mean, yeah. no one after like the first episode or two they don't use guns for about almost a well season. i don't mean that they don't shoot people i mean that things no things in that show are more exciting than would be necessarily realistic um and and hell on wheels is a show about like hey we we lay track all day that sounds sexy wow way to uh, sell the show <laughs> we lay um, track all day come yeah. watch hell on wheels i mean wheels. that show yeah, yeah. These the most exciting thing is our <laughs> Racy there, title. <laughs> the episode did you see? Did it have much of the uh, the mm, common Indian citizen? I, I don't know how uh, to say it in a way that's politically. Common was nice. banging that prostitute, and then the um, what's his name, <laughs> Miles uh, from. Uh, hey, that's a good story. DS9 when he's banging that prostitute, was uh, trying to convince the woman who. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Orion, you, sh- yeah. you should give that show like go back to the beginning and give it a shot. Yeah. And it's then that good. thing exploded. Oh yeah, you saw that episode. Yeah, yeah. that's not the best episode, but Cause, something explodes. Cause that one dark stranger guy was kind of just not doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and cause Indians. The big deal with that thing exploding is that Indians did it, and then at the beginning of this episode, they kill Indians for a long time. It's pretty good. You should check it out. That's all I saw. Advocating genocide. Hmm. No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Killing Indians. Pretty good. <laughs> I'm just saying it was, it, was really good, it was a really good montage of dead Indians. Well, because one Indian kills his brother, and you're like, you're not, oh, You're not helping yourself here, James. <laughs> no. Hey, I don't, I'm not trying to. It's a really good show. And I'm just saying what happened. Oh, dude, there's lights out there now. You're all the way facing the window, and I'm not freaking out here. <laughs> oh, we just want to see it coming. <laughs> That's all. For those listening at home, Sean we just want to we yeah. We just want to know before it happens. Oh, he's moving the car, not a person. There's plenty think. of activity going on there. Yes, no one's going to try anything. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Right. We're in Green Mountain. Well, they, 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 they're they're going to drive by and say, "Hey, you just hey, did you, you check out that book from the library on Tuesday?" Hey, Ryan, don't tell it's all Friday. the listeners. It's Friday. It's due back. <laughs> all right, that's all I saw. Brad, what'd you Brad, see? What'd you see? Um, I saw two things. I finally watched John Carpenter's The Thing that Jim, James, Jim, Jim, <laughs> Whoa. James lent me, and it's pretty much the same movie as the new one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, shoot. I shouldn't have lent it to you after you saw that movie, should I? Uh, well, um, I, I mean, there's no other way to do it at this point, because I saw... Um, but I was actually kind of shocked at how seeing the remake or the prequel, I guess, yeah. before John Carpenter's, is that that whole, like, opening to John Carpenter's, 
like like calls back to that the to the remake like the remake was so faithful the in trying to the prequel is so faithful and uh, oh yeah like following those details to make that scene relevant and then, kind of to a fault because I, I i think i even said that in the podcast that the monsters that are in the prequel are not that interesting but they're like well like the melty two-faced monster at the end that crawls on its back is not it's not that interesting it's just kind of melty um but it's there because at the beginning of that thing you see that monster dead yeah you know so as someone who's seen the movies in that order yeah it's almost bizarre almost as though like john carpenter's I, i'm trying to figure <laughs> out how to explain this yeah it, it feels like it's actually a sequel yeah which is obvious because yeah but it just feels like it had already been written but they just right. made that version of it way back when i don't know it, no i can do yeah i, I believe like that would probably it. be crazy it's pretty obvious but um because because the two movies are so similar that then it would feel like John Carpenter's The Thing is a sequel that is the same movie. Here, I got it. John Carpenter's The Thing doesn't need those scenes. Like they don't the, those scenes almost seem unnecessary oh. without the prequel. So if you took those <laughs> scenes that reference the prequel out of John Carpenter's movie, that movie would still be effective. It would but it would just be the prequel movie. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, I don't. <laughs> those those scenes in John you're Carpenter's saying, that you're saying that the scenes in the like the opening scenes in John Carpenter's the thing with the not, dog not, not and just, then when they no. go and they see the monster and they go to the Norwegian site those just the scenes, Norwegian site yeah okay just, so the dog showing up and you're saying that they don't that John Carpenter's the thing doesn't need the scene when they go to the Norwegian site yeah like without that the movie John Carpenter's movie would still be as effective as the remake because without those scenes they're the exact same movie. Oh, I see. now I got what you're saying. But yeah. it does need those the scenes dog because the originally... The shows up, right. you know, infects everybody, and transforms. Wow, you have a weird relationship with that movie. <laughs> oh, that is twisted. Yeah, kind of like you the, take the melty scene out, like, None of those characters know about like what happened before, so right. it just becomes the prequel, where they just dug up the monster, or the dog shows up, and then everyone gets... Yes, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing obviously does more with animatronics more impressively i think oh, more yeah, creatively man. like i don't know how they did the head on the floor crawling and like and then the, all it's the, the long spider legs coming out it's like it's shot backwards it's shot backwards yeah all of the tentacles and stuff they extend the tentacles and then there's a wire inside and they pull them back in and then reverse the footage uh, it's, i just ruined it for you but it's really smart it doesn't matter it's it's compared to cgi which was already oh, pretty good it's yeah. just like yeah, it's way deep. back then doing it practically is just way more impressive to me. Yeah, did it scare you? Not really. Oh, okay. it actually, kind of got sleepy, uh, you know, because I I knew everything that was going to happen because I watched the prequels. So <laughs> I was like, this seems to be following the same. Oh, that's nothing true. different yeah. seems to be happening. You know, they go into another bunker area and blow it up at the end. It's but just, but the alert. prequel doesn't have anything as good as the scene where the guys are tied to the bench. With yeah. where they're investigating the guy, and then the one is the thing. Oh man, it's that almost, scene. Yeah, that's that, one of the best jump scares in out any was movie. The hand, the yeah, the thing coming out of the little petri dish. But yeah, it's still kind of like the same thing as searching through the fillings. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said like the the prequel I think is decent because it pays you know enough homage. Yeah, and it's it's, very it's interesting, but it is so right down to that to axe in the wall. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh man. So that's then, crazy. Yeah. So I. Well, I'm I glad you that. liked it. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. It's um, and then the other thing I watched was Alien Trespass, 
which is oh, the film that's been on my queue forever. Yeah. And the it's like, uh, the like fifties movie, the fifties sci-fi homage. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, after watching the artist and how faithfully that pays homage to that <laughs> era of film, alien trespass starts out really promising because there's one of those serials, those news serials with actors from the movie talking about the movie and, like Eric McCormack is Eric McCormack as a fifties actor <laughs> talking about <laughs> alien trespass, which you're about to watch. Yeah. Um, and then the movie starts and it's like shot in high definition looking and mm. it's very, mm. you know, everyone's wearing like the fifties costumes and set pieces and everything, but it's shot so modern that yeah. it's just kind of, and everyone's saying their corny dialogue and it, it just in seems a, like in a way that's self-aware. Yeah, it's like the producer said, you know, we still want to make this commercially yeah. viable, so let's not be too respectful. Too, too respectful. You know, we want people we want people who don't necessarily seek out this kind of entertainment to come see it. So right. why don't we dial back the fifties filter and everything and so. Which ends up being pointless and probably killing that movie because yeah. when it when it was released, it didn't actually get released. Like it was supposed to come to the mine and I think it was there for a week. Yeah. Like yeah, that was that's a shame. Yeah, halfway through, I just got bored and I started browsing the internet and half watching it. Yeah, <laughs> always a good a sign yeah. for a movie. Yeah, it's, it's, good, it's good. It's good to browse the internet. Browse the internet too. Yeah, it's disappointing because I really wanted to like it, but yeah, halfway through, I was just like, "There's nothing." Like I, I see what they're going for, but they really should have gone full speed ahead on that. Yeah, like really been faithful to that genre, and it'll happen. Oh well. Is that all you saw? That's it. Cool. Awesome. So this week, we saw My Week with Marilyn. James, should people go see My Week with Marilyn? Yes. Shauna? Yes. Sierra? Yeah. Brad? I don't know. If you like Marilyn Monroe a lot, I guess. I think they should, too. Of course, Brad's going to be the stick in the mud in this one. <laughs> Roll trailer. Gentlemen, it is my special pleasure to introduce a woman who clearly needs no introduction. A very great actress on her first trip to London. Marilyn, is it true you wear nothing in bed but perfume? Oh. Darling, as I'm in England, let's say I sleep in nothing but Yardley's lavender. <laughs> I long to see her. This story describes a miracle. Miss Monroe? Marilyn is not ready. Excuse my horrible face. A few days in my life when a dream came true. Are you frightened of me, Colin? No. Good, because I like you. Colin, is everything okay? Miss Monroe had some large packages she needed handled. <laughs> what is Marilyn doing with my third assistant? Surprise! Get working! Colin! I have something in my eye. I can't see anything. Be careful not to get in too deep, son. Marilyn Monroe fancying you. Come on. She breaks hearts. She will break yours. Why wouldn't buy the little girl lost act if I were you? I think Baladin knows exactly what she's doing. All people ever see is Marilyn Monroe. What must it be like to be the most famous woman on earth? You could quit this. Forget Marilyn Monroe. Forget Hollywood. But let it all go. First love is such sweet despair, Colin. Shall I be her? Who? Marilyn. 
does that mean? <laughs> you can finally go see like an arty flick, and now I'm the bad guy. No, well, the truth is, it was Ryan's idea to go see this. It movie. It was my idea yeah. to see this movie, and I actually I, I thought the movie was really good um, because one, uh, Kenneth Branagh is amazing, and uh, uh, Michelle Williams is fantastic in it too. And I, I, I it's actually I thought it was going to be more of a drama, but it actually kind of turned out more of a comedy. And yeah, like I mean, there's like there's a, a mix, lot of good. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say it was a comedy. It, it was funnier than I expected. Yeah, that's for sure. At moments. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I thought was amazing with the movie is, um, is Marilyn Monroe and herself is portrayed as an act a character, and it's not really who Marilyn Monroe is. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. You, but, she, yeah, she, but she, she puts she on a her... show for everybody right. when they see her. I mean, when they were touring around, touring around London, and she saw you know all those men, she would flirt with them and you know give them pecks on the cheek and they'd all freak out but then there's other times when she was shopping and they all bombarded her and she freaked out and couldn't handle it and so i thought it was really interesting to see her balance being the sex icon and wanting to be treated seriously but also kind of resenting the uh who she became but then she also embraced it at the same time I mean, obviously, I don't know how accurate this is to who Marilyn Monroe real truly was. Yeah. But I thought it was a really interesting um, angle on the movie. She's portrayed as very manic because she, yeah. like, you know, every time that a new scene starts, you don't know what kind of person she's going to be that time, mm-hmm. which makes it pretty interesting um, because you see the way that that messes with her relationship with our main character, who is, we haven't said anything. Basically, it's a story about uh, this kid who becomes the third AD on a movie that is uh, that stars Marilyn Monroe and then he gets close with her and sort of falls in love with her um, and that makes things complicated um, but yeah I think it's really great I, it's weird I can kind of see where Brad's coming from because I had the same reaction at first when when we first meet Marilyn the first couple times she seemed to me like the caricature that Marilyn Monroe has become you know like the way, the way that Marilyn Monroe is seen now feels very different to me than than how I would expect she was actually understood at the time. Like now she's become this really weird retro icon that that and that's the way that this feels when you when I first see her I'm like oh this is it's a little flat and then it takes a little while for the movie to actually expose her as like somebody interesting. Um, but because uh, yeah I don't know. At first, I was like, I'm "Oh man!" Trying to figure out why I'm not like big on it because like, I, was, I was thinking in the car, like maybe it's because this is supposed to be the the boy's journey. Like this is his story. This is his diary yeah. of what happened, and you start out following that, and then as soon as she comes in, it becomes like her story, and we start like looking into like why Marilyn Monroe is kind of two people at one time, why she's heavily into pills, and then by the end. Um, like it, the end just feels like it's celebrating Marilyn Monroe and how great she was, and look at her performance. Yeah. And those, then we those, start off on those credits are story. appalling. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, no, I see. What and you're like saying. everyone in the cast is like worshiping her, and yeah, Olivier is like watching. Like it's all about Marilyn Monroe by the end. But I, it, the movie is like this guy's week with Marilyn, and I so and it even starts with like his narrative. I, I don't know because I, I see it the way that, I see it all as being about him because. To me, the, what the movie is doing is showing us her the way that he sees her. Mm-hmm. And so, like, at the beginning, Olivier is really harsh on her because that's the way that he 
that's the part of the way that Olivia Olivier reacts that he sort of reacts to the most. By the end, Olivier says some really nice things about her, and I almost reacted as like, well, wait, when did that happen? But but at that point in the movie, I'm looking at her as a completely different character, so I kind of understand, like, oh, no, he was he was being mean on purpose, but at that point in the movie, I don't feel that way because neither does this kid because he just sees it as, like, here's this nice lady and people are being mean to her. Um, so I, I see what you're saying because it does focus on that really... a lot, but I feel like that is... Because that's the way he's seeing it. That's what he's focus, focusing on. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the other thing is, too, for me, is he doesn't really do anything active to help her. Like, he just, like, well, he, yeah. she calls, he shows up, and then he just says some sweet things once in a while. Like, there's no real, like, I'm just wondering, like, why do I care what's going on? Like, he's not really helping her. He's just there to fill the void while her husband's away. And, you know, she's being all cute and stuff. And then the movie, you know, gets finished and the movie's over. Like I, hmm. And he gets all, like, into her a lot. But there's no real reason why. Like, she's just pretty and funny. Like, she doesn't well, do anything for him. Uh, well, at that time, though, too, boy. I mean, there's the mystique of Marilyn Monroe. Right. So you fall in love with who she is. And then when you get to know her, I think he fell in love with her as a person, too, because she's so vulnerable. And, two, you only saw, you only saw Marilyn Monroe when he was around. So it's still his point of view, so it's his interpretation of her. And it's people falling in love with her at certain points. Like, Olivier did not like her because, you know, she was I'm gonna she's late to the set all the time. She'd call in all the time. But there was those moments where it was, you know, he even said at the end, it's so natural for her where he's... I'm a classically trained actor and it, you know, I work so hard to be good where she just, it might take her 15 takes, but on the 15 takes, she just nails it and it's a natural. And I thought that's actually one of the most, um, my, one of my favorite things about the movie is how well Michelle Williams portrayed that because she was so vulnerable at points, mm -hmm. you know, when she's, and she's so whacked out that she doesn't remember that, uh, Colin was his name, right? Yeah. <laughs> was, was in her bedroom. And then she has those, vulnerable moments you know that's that's my mom and her dad might as well be abraham lincoln because she never knew who her dad was and she has to look up to somebody that way and um, i just thought it was really interesting and i, I thought think she did a good job and kenneth Branagh and uh, but again i didn't remember the boy's name until you just said it yeah. so yeah he is you know this is kind of his story too and it's severely under undermined by how much the director seems to be more interested in the Marilyn but, but I think part. it's to everybody's infatuated with Marilyn Monroe. I mean, even now, um, I mean, James said it. She is she, she is like the icon of nineteen fifties uh, of nineteen fifties woman. I know that sounds terrible, but <laughs> when you think of a nineteen fifties uh, prototypical woman, you think of Marilyn Monroe and who she is, and um, yeah, you know, and it, and that's the character she plays. And I thought that was the most interesting thing about the whole movie is she might be flirty and she might be cute and sexy but deep down she's super insecure and you know the reason why she has had three husbands and she's 30 is because she needs someone to constantly tell her she's pretty and that someone needs to love her and she always needs that in her life yeah so i thought it was really interesting and then you sort of gloss over it that those the sort of subplot but it's not even a subplot it is uh anyway the the little bits about uh the f the sort of war between Olivier's way of acting and her way of acting and that yeah, I mean it's a it's a big shift in the way that movies were made and and it's I mean it's still sort of there but nobody cares as much anymore uh that whole that all of that stuff was fascinating to me mm -hmm. um 
And I, it's weird. I did not know Kenneth Branagh was in this movie, and I was so excited when he showed up. And then if you told me like, oh well, you know, the movie's all right, but you get to see Kenneth Branagh read Shakespeare, I'd still see it because it's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. He just has a scene at the end where he just stares at us and reads Shakespeare, and I'm like, yeah, oh, this, this is good. It's just too good. <laughs> but you know, I did read too that uh, Lawrence Olivier did have a super big temper. Oh yeah, and he no, was he, he was really hard to work with. And, yeah, um, because. I think it basically is the meeting of two super big egos where in America, people, Marilyn Monroe is probably used to people waiting hand and foot on her and she's kind of clashing with, I think they even mentioned in the movie, yeah. clashing with, you know, the old style. But Judy Dench was awesome in the movie too. Oh, yeah. A really small part, but you always kind of liked her when she showed up because she kind of liked everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? She was sort of this voice of reason. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, oh, oh, right, regular people. Um, but yeah, I, I, I still... I, I know what you mean, Brad. Like she, especially ending it with the with the way that the credits start. I was just like, oh, this is masturbatory. Like we don't we don't need this. Of like, oh, here's just some pretty pictures of Marilyn Monroe. No, 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 no. You just told me a nice story. Leave it. Just leave it there. Let it breathe. Because mm. um, <laughs> I think that actually kind of worked. Because there's this image of her, like we just talked about, where she is this icon and she's this sex symbol and she's this thing that people have idolized and put up on this pedestal. And then you see this movie and you see this completely different side of her where if you, like, her life was very tragic. You know, this other side of her where she's very vulnerable and the pills and the drugs and the all of that was definitely very much a part of her life, but that's not a part of her life that a lot of the mainstream media focuses on. And so here you have this movie with that goes in depth into how she might have actually been as told from this boy's point of view, but then it kind of closes with the this is the inside, but this is the gloss, this is the sheen, this is what everyone remembers and sees. Right. It's just kind of a reminder of oh my gosh, that's the same. This is person. this is the bizarrely perverse tattoo on Megan Fox's arm. Yeah, um, but exactly. It's like that kind of right. back no. face. Like that is what she was. But here's what she will always be in history, is this icon, this symbol, this kind of, you know, out of reach person. Though she wasn't really that, she was that character. I understand that, but I think that that idea plays in the movie already, and that when you when you end the movie the way that it ends, it, it well, if not causes, it adds to problems like Brad is having, where the movie becomes about Marilyn and not about this boy, his experience, and his relationship with her. Do you see what I'm saying? Because for him it was, for him it was his story. And it mm, wasn't. In uh, that case, if the boy made the movie, which I guess he did, he wrote the memoir, but... There is, there is a rule in writing where as soon as you have a narrator, the story becomes about that narrator. Period. Uh, and so, to... I know, I know, but only by geniuses. Either, so. Only by geniuses are they meant to be broken. Uh, I no, I think that this is absolutely a movie about the boy. And yes, Marilyn Monroe is in it, and we get to see interesting things about her. But I am not. I mean, she is like hopped up on drugs and and drunk most of the movie. And even though we see sort of this giddy side of her, she's messed up, and I don't like being around her in the movie. To be completely honest with you. I like the kid. I like his experience and the, the story that he is, is going through, and that's what I connect with. And so for me, the movie is absolutely about that guy. Um, you know, when he is making decisions and, you know, not going out with Emma Watson because of Marilyn Monroe, 
I am uh, sympathetic with what's going on there. I don't really give a sh- I mean, I'm, part of it is because I know what really happens. Like, I know in the real world that eventually she is going to die. And that's horrible. And for some reason, that makes me not connect with her. You see what I'm saying? Like, this movie, to me, is definitely not about Marilyn. Um, it's sort of portrayed that way because it is, you know, everybody's talking about the way that she is, the way that, um, what's her name? Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams is performing it, but it's not about her, I don't think. No, and I, you know, I think the time that she was the best in it was when she was around um, Colin, and yeah. she wasn't on drugs and she wasn't on booze. It's just her being flirty and being yeah herself. And I think that his final narrative said how he wanted to remember her. Right. And then those images were how he wanted to remember her. Uh, no, I see what you're saying. I just, I don't know. It seemed it seemed too much. That's all I'm saying. Uh, anyway, it's still good. Still a really good movie. I think art has many different interpretations for everybody. It does. Yeah. I, I love movies too that I'm surprised. I mean, I wanted to see the movie for a little bit just because I read about it and I, I heard it was kind of interesting and I, I was pleasantly surprised how much I did like it. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I kind of knew I was gonna like it, but you know, it was better than I thought it would be. We rush over the fact that Emma Watson's in this movie and she's really good. She yeah. is. I like when she's given dialogue that's not complete garbage. I like how she doesn't take him back. Get yeah. Older ground there. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. That, that's actually a good scene. Amen. Too, yeah. I was totally expecting her to. Like, just yeah. a happy ending. And then it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, good. She sticks it to oh, him. Man. Even though I, I mean, you know, I like that guy, and I understand why he did what he did. But yeah, dude, it's Marilyn Monroe. Are you kidding me? No, I don't mean I understand that. But see, if yeah, I would if I wasn't married to a chick. Just went out with her one time, and Marilyn Monroe goes, "You want to come out with me?" That's my Marilyn Monroe. That was amazing. <laughs> Michelle Williams, yeah, that was pretty. That was very wispy and beautiful. Yeah, um, I'd be like, "Peace, costume designer." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, wow. And then if she asked me, "Did she break my heart?" I'd say yes. But she also taught me how to love somebody. <laughs> and then Emma Watson would have been, oh, man, all over me. Speaking of masturbatory. <laughs> Anyways, um, thanks for listening. You can like us on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter, real underscore nerds. You can read our amazing blogs that Brad and Brad posted his first blog ever. Oh, really? Was week. that the first one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. At and real nerds. And it was insanely long. Shauna read it. Thank you, Shauna. You're welcome. Yeah. Brad was really hurt because a lot of people like my posts. He's got like 59 posts on his Star Wars one. I'm just yeah. saying. Well, it's because <laughs> he saying. talks about like very general things. You know, I talked about The Last Airbender. Nobody's searching Tumblr for The Last Airbender. See, if you want to be liked, be in mainstream. Well, you don't put like hashtags me. on yours, so. Oh, I don't know how. You. <laughs> I put some on yours. I only barely I, gonna... le- I only barely learned how to put a read more thing in there because it doesn't work in Tumblr very well. Yeah, you have to like put it right above the next paragraph because I put it in between the separate paragraphs. You have to put it right on top of the next one. Oh, or it won't catch it. It's ridiculous. I read a whole bunch of forums where it was just saying like. So, oh, but it if you guys right. want to know how to get people to read your blogs, you know, let me know. Realnerds.tumblr.com. Um, next week we'll be seeing. I, I think know. I think Haywire, 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 Underworld, something. I'll probably right. see Underworld. I don't care about you guys. If you, um, I think I'm off Friday. If you want to go see Underworld, let me know. I am off I'll Friday too. We'll go see it. Oh uh, okay. no, I'm working this Friday. Balls. What? I really um, wanted to see Underworld. I'm done at four. I mean, I'll be off. Awakening. Oh. Scott Speedman's not in this one, is he? I hope not. 
He always reminds me of Scott mm-hmm. Stapp from fucking Creed. He looks he totally, exactly the same. He totally does. And they're oh, both named man. Scott. That's so weird. Yeah, but Scott Speedman has talent. Really? He's got more than Scott Stapp. Totally. Anyways, bye. Bye. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. There you go. All news has come from Slash Film. Bye. Bye.